Information break. Hi everybody, it's Kieran here. Thanks for listening to Holy Half Hour. Um, we are late getting this week's episode out. It's Wednesday today instead of our usual Monday. Um, but this is just to say thanks for bearing with us and we will be back to our normal schedule next week. All right, on with the show. Information break. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to Holy Half Hour. It's good to see you. It's good to have you back with us. If you've listened before, welcome back. Uh, my name is Kieran. I am your host today for this fantastic <laughs> I am your pod robot host cast. Today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to uh, drag this out as long as I can, everybody, trying to pat out the show. <laughs> Michael, how are you today? I am good. Don't worry. I've brought my A game, so no padding needed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. I'm sure it's going to be a bumper show as ever. We've got tons of stuff coming up for you folks. We've got our usual mix of a quiz, unlikely worship song, our top three, uh, our Bible fact, which comes from Luke today, doesn't it, Michael? And uh, you're bringing that to us later. Oh, yeah. So that's going to be very exciting. But hey, at the top of the show, Michael, I have a little question for you. Mm -hmm. Have you ever caught a fish? Oh, like you know, that. there's a lot of, there's, fishing is a theme in, in the Gospels. Mm. We're in the Gospels right now, folks, for our Bible facts. It's and very um, biblical, very I'm, smart. I'm, yeah, whoever came up with that is a clever cookie. <laughs> so I'm, I'm wondering, Michael, have you ever, have you ever caught a fish or tried to catch a fish? What's your, what's been your experience? I have, I've been part of a, a fish catching team, Kieran, mm -hmm. but I've never personally caught a fish. Um... When I was young, I used to go to a Christian boys camp in the summer called Fenham Christian Boys Camp. Uh, it was near Holy Island in uh, Englandshire. And mm. when the tide was out between Holy Island and the mainland, there was all these pools of water. And we used to, all the boys used to line up in a row and walk really slowly through these pools. And then every so often, a little, someone would stand and you'd, get a wiggle beneath your your toes apparently i never did it and it would be a flatfish and uh, then one of the leaders would you would say oh i've got one one of the leaders would come over and pick it up um and then we would eat them for for lunch that day and it was pretty pretty cool way of nice. fishing uh, just like everyone working together walking really slowly really quietly waiting to see if anyone <laughs> would catch one um so yeah that's my my only fish catching experience so not personal but it was a, an unusual maybe unusual method i don't i don't really know that much about <laughs> catching fish gear as you may be able to tell uh yeah how about you that sounds good man i think that sounds exciting to do it as a team as well and i like the image of you sneaking along the beach <laughs> tiptoeing sneaking up on a fish oh yeah they never saw it yeah. coming oh well totally totally um i have nearly well i've caught fish a few times probably because growing up uh, dad took us fishing, mm. so I do have some experience of of uh, of the sport of kings fishing. Uh, <laughs> that was horse racing. <laughs> yeah, probably is to be honest. <laughs> I'm not. Very, I don't know anything about sports. Um, but uh, dad used to take us fishing. My last memory of fishing though was I, the last time I went. 
uh, I was maybe 18 or 19. Mm. Uh, and I went with my dad and my granddad, uh, my late grandfather. Uh, we all went fishing together. Um, and the advice I was given on how to fish was you reel the fish in mm. to a certain point and then you plop it in the net. That's the idea. <laughs> yeah, um, you don't the track. You don't just reel and reel and reel until right. it's at your feet. Okay. Is 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 I think the idea generally, mm-hmm. or certainly it was in this case. That's mm-hmm. why I was told not to do. Uh, but that's what I gone and done. So basically, <laughs> with the, in the excitement of actually having a fish on the line, I just forgot about the part where you put it in a net, and I was mm-hmm. like, da, 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 reeling this thing really, really fast, and broke the line. Uh, and the, and the fish got away probably with a hook in its mouth, which is not great. Mm. So, yeah. Were uh, you planning to eat the fish, or were you doing a kind of catch and release situation? I th- I think this was a catch and release pond. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think I. I live near a body of water, um, and a lot of people fish there. I don't think I appreciated just how many people fish to then let the fish go again, which, as a mm. vegan, does make me happier. But uh, it does also seem like, you know, a lot of effort. But, uh, you know, yeah. it, it seems like a nice time. They seem pretty relaxed while they do it. So I'm not going to, I'm not trying to cast shade, you know. But. The people seem relaxed or the fish? Both, I guess, until a certain <laughs> point. <laughs> yeah. I hope it's relaxing for the fish. I, and there's probably a, a conversation, a, a debate to be had about whether it's uh, kinder to catch a fish and eat it or whether it's kinder to catch a fish over and over and over again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we won't have that debate here, yeah. listeners. Yeah. We won't wade into that one. Excuse the pun. Uh, oh, uh, that was a good one. I was uh, not deliberate either. Um that's actually so, where that phrase comes from, Kieran. That exact conversation has been been had yeah. been had for hundreds of years, and it's the etymology <laughs> it was, to wade into. Uh, <laughs> it was the original controversial discussion. That was yeah. the first one in human history. Yeah. Never talk about, about religion, politics, or whether it's good or bad <laughs> to catch a fish over and over again. It's what the ancient Greeks used to discuss at uh, <laughs> you know in their in their fancy places where they would sit and stroke their beards. Yeah, absolutely. you know the ones. I think that's the um, original, the original uh, topic of the Summa Theologica by Thomas yeah. Aquinas. <laughs> there you go, folks. It's amazing what you can learn by listening to our show. Um, <laughs> but speaking of a show, hmm. shall we produce one, Michael? Oh, shall we make one happen? Gosh, well, I, I suppose if, if people have come all this way to listen to something, we should probably give them something to listen to. Yeah, you're probably right. Well, here it goes. Help, Lord, the busy foe is as of a coming. Lift up a standard and overrule. Help, Lord, the busy foe is as of a coming. Lift up a standard and overrule. Help, Lord, the busy foe is as of a coming. Lift up a standard and overrule. Lift up a lift up a lift up a day. Lift up a lift up a lift up a day. Help, Lord, the busy foe is as of odd coming. Lift up a standard and overrule. Help, Lord, the busy foe is as of odd coming. Lift up a standard and overrule. What's that I smell, Michael? Is that a, a quiz? Do you have a freshly baked quiz for me, my friend? Well, Kieran, it is. It is very much a fresh quiz 
a baking that you smell. <laughs> Well, Excellent. This, my this favorite. Is, this is maybe not that fresh a quiz, actually, because I thought that now we're now we're in the New Testament, third week of uh, of looking at New Testament books. It's an ideal time that we've that we've we've looked at all thirty nine books of the Old Testament. It's a good time to quiz your knowledge on those old books. I mean, we've we've looked at them all, right? So we should we should have have a feel for them. Um, and I noticed sure. in the back of my favorite Bible, I've got a tiny little pocket New International Version that I carry with me. Uh, it has just these little short paragraphs that summarize each book of the Bible. Very useful. I wondered, Kieran, if you could get the book of the Bible from its summary of what it's about. Mm-hmm. Um, I've retracted or redacted rather the names of the books from said paragraphs. And uh, they start easy and get slightly more difficult. So, yeah, there's uh, six to choose from because the first one's not really, it's kind of so easy that it's not really one of them. But I'm going to use it to serve as an example of what the quiz is going to be like. So can you name this Old Testament book? It says, here are sacred songs, poems and prayers which originated in Israel's worship and her experience of God. Many of them are traditionally associated with David, but reflect centuries of individual and corporate responses to God. Human emotions of anger, despair, sadness, guilt, doubt, joy, praise, and adoration are expressed. Themes include the law, Jerusalem and its temple, Israel's history, the Messiah, the natural world, human suffering, and God's mercy and justice. Why, I believe it's the book of Psalms, Michael. Oh, how did you know? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's the book of Psalms, and that's what's going to happen. But the rest of the paragraphs are a wee bit shorter, <laughs> except for one okay, of them. Okay, okay. So uh, yeah, right. so the, this these next five are for real, for real, Kieran. And here we go. So here's the first one. This is a funeral song about the devastated city of Jerusalem. Possibly written by Jeremiah, each chapter is a complete poem, and in each the mood changes from anguish and despair in the recognition that punishment was deserved to hope in God's love and mercy. Prayer is made that God will once again show these to his people. Can you name that Old Testament book? It sounds like Lamentations to me. Oh, correct. Mm. Well done. It is indeed Lamentations. Okay, here's number two. The setting of this story is the Persian king's palace in the same period as Ezra Nehemiah. A Jewish woman became a Persian queen and was able to save the Jews in the Persian Empire from a plot to exterminate them. What's that Old Testament book? I am pretty sure that's the book of Esther. Hey. Hey. Okay, they're going to get start, start to slowly get a wee bit more cryptic, but okay. I, I, okay. I believe in your ability to get these. The book, Thanks, the book, this book, continues the story of the conquest of the land of Israel, which involved conflict with various tribes both in and around Israel. Interwoven in the account is a constant disobedience to God, alternating with a turning back to him and his patient loyalty, which is demonstrated in various leaders who emerged to rally the tribes to fight their enemies. Yeah, see, this could describe a couple of books, Mm. but I feel like it's more judges than the other ones that come after. Yeah, that last sentence is, is the most important part there. That's, yeah, that's the clue, yeah. and you are <laughs> correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you're going to have to listen carefully because there are clues in these last two which are the most difficult of them. I mean, technically, you've already won, 
but I'm gonna nice. I'm gonna say you know these ones are worth double because they're more difficult. <laughs> this prophet lived and worked a little later than Amos and Hosea, and about the same time as Isaiah. And what he had to say was very similar to their message. He worked in the southern kingdom and condemned social injustice and inequality and corruption among the political and religious leaders. God must punish his people, but beyond that, this prophet speaks of a future that will center on the Jerusalem temple, when a descendant of David will emerge to lead God's people against her enemies. Chapter 6, verses 6 to 8, seem to sum up the message not only of this prophet, but of all the prophets of this period. Hmm... Well, based on that last part, Michael, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say it's Micah. Uh, let's take a look. Hey. hey, nice. You are correct. Any uh, any idea one. what the what what Micah six six to eight is? <laughs> um, Micah six eight is act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. And exactly. verses six and seven are the lead up to that verse <laughs> that I can't remember. <laughs> You are very correct. Actually, they're just, just window dressing. No, I'm kidding. They're very important too. Those of you out there who have uh, Micah six eight committed to memory, which is it's a great thing to have. He has shown you, O oh mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you mm. to to Kieran to act justly, act to justly, love mercy, and to walk humbly before your God. With exactly your God. perfect. Um, the. Verses 6 and 7 are also total fire, so go and add them to your memory verse because they're really great. Um, okay, last one, most difficult one. Well, this okay. is a real memory test for you, although it wasn't so long ago, so you might well get it. This prophet announces the destruction of Nineveh, capital of Assyria. In the opening verses, the prophet speaks of God as slow to anger, but also that he will not leave the guilty unpunished. It is for this reason that God must now punish Nineveh for extreme cruelty. Chapters 2 and 3 are a poem about the siege of Nineveh that took place in 612 BC. So this is kind of a straight-up memory test, Kieran. Do you remember which lesser prophet is about the destruction of Nineveh? Not precisely. Uh, I want to say Obadiah. All right, you're happy to lock in with Obadiah? Not that it's wrong, I just, you know, this is the toughest one, so I'm giving you an option. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It would, right. It's a guess, really. So Let's, let's take a look. Oh, was it Nahum? It is Nahum, yeah. Oh, man, that was my other guess. Uh, well, you know, I should have switched. <laughs> the Monty Burns Michael paradox. you an opportunity to, to switch. <laughs> to switch. <laughs> I should have changed my answer. But uh, that that was a tough one, and you did really well. Four out of five, or five out of six, if you can count Psalms, which I don't, because it's so easy. But uh, yeah, well done, Kieran. Apparently, it was not a waste of time going through the Old Testament with you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> Thanks, man. Ooh, unlikely worship songs. Unlikely. Well, Michael, this week's unlikely worship song has a little bit of a, a quiz element to it, okay? Ooh. This song uh, is about a, a well-known passage of Scripture. Well, it's not a song exactly. It'll make sense <laughs> when you listen to it. But <laughs> this, this piece segment. of audio, this piece of audio you're about to listen to mm. is, a, is based on a well-known uh, verse Ooh. from 
from the Bible. And I just want you to tell me uh, which book it's in. Okay. Which book it's in. That's yeah, exciting. Yeah. Uh-huh. It only appears in one place, I'm pretty sure, oh. uh, in, in Scripture. And I want you to tell me which book it's in. Okay. All right. Well, I look forward to so, that. It's not often I get a quiz, so I better bring yeah. my game. I'm a bit nervous suddenly. So have a listen to this little audio nugget. And hopefully it will be comprehensible as to what it's even about. <laughs> uh, and then hopefully, hopefully, uh, you'll be able to see where this is going. So have a listen and see what you think. Great. All right. Okay, everybody. Everybody. It's time to begin rehearsal. Now, last week we had a few timing issues. So today let's try and come in at the same time, okay? <laughs> okay. okay? Okay. Let's check everyone's here. Iggy and Gio. Here. Yeah. Tight and Might. Here. And Rocky. Um, here. <laughs> okay, everyone. And a one, and a two, and a... <laughs> okay, good, um, good. Now me, let's... Are you sure this is what Jesus means when he says the rocks will cry out? Well, what else could it mean? Well, you know, like something more worshipful. We can certainly try. Okay, everyone, more worshipful this time. And a one, and a two, and a... <laughs> That's much better. Hey. <laughs> so there you go, man. <laughs> I love that. That's now, fantastic. hopefully this will be an... E- Hopefully this will be an easier quiz for you because you've been requesting this for weeks. So, (laughs) (laughs) but do you know? Fantastic. Do I know which? uh, Gosh, which specific book it's in? No, uh, no penalties if you don't. I had no idea. To be perfectly honest, Mm. I had to. I had to look up where the reference was and everything. So, well, so don't worry if you don't know. I I thought it might be in two places, but. I could be wrong, but let me just firstly say, I'm so happy you made the, the, that song and it, or that piece of audio, and it was really good and <laughs> really funny. Um, so good well man, done, thanks. and uh, made me very happy. So thank you. Um, obviously, my instincts is like, oh well, you know, um, <clears throat> but I've got three instincts. <laughs> instinct is <laughs> okay. Sure, um, sure. Instinct is Psalms, but don't tell me if I'm wrong mm-hmm. first. Obviously, because like. You know, why wouldn't it be in Psalms? But then the other day when you did the song, the trees of the field will clap their hands and you assumed it was in Psalms, actually in Isaiah 55. So the mm. good chance that it might well be in like Isaiah, it might even be in Isaiah 55, although I don't think the rocks crying out is in Isaiah 55. I could be wrong. But then... Also feel like I also feel like it might be in a gospel. Like Jesus might reference it. Um mm-hmm. and since we're on Luke this week, um I'm gonna guess Luke gospel. Okay. So if I had to guess between one of those three places. Yeah. I'm going to game theory it and say that it's in Luke's gospel because I think okay, you're man. sneaky and that you might okay. do that because it's because it's very apt for this week. 
But yeah, I honestly, I honestly can't remember off the top of my head where the Rock's Cryer is. So you'll have to put me well, out of my misery. Well, do you know, Michael, it probably would have been fairer for me to say which gospel references it. Because okay. actually, you're right. I, I didn't really think about it. But actually, there are other references in wider scripture, not specifically saying the rocks will cry out. But mm. for example, you mentioned Isaiah. Um, Isaiah 55, verse 12 says, For you shall go out in joy and be led forth in peace, the mountains and hills before you shall break forth into singing. Mm, mm. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. So there are um, there are references to other inanimate objects like <laughs> okay. hills making music. I'm just elsewhere. wiping the sweat off my brow a little bit. But 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 the verse I was thinking of, and you're absolutely right, it is in Luke. Oh, uh, so well done. Well done. It is Ooh. Luke. If I had the bell, I would ding it. Feel free to give oh, yourself okay. a ding Here if you go. want. Oh, hey, nice. you got it right, buddy. Well done. <laughs> it is Luke 19.40 where mm. Jesus says, I tell you, if uh, these were silent, the very rocks mm. would cry out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does ring, so well ring done. a bell. Well done. Oh, well, thank you. Well, well done you, because uh, uh, that's that's definitely getting played again in future episodes, because that is very funny <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, glad you like. Glad you like. The top, 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 top three, three, three. Okay, Michael. Borrowing your phrase. Mm. Okay, Michael, it's okay, time for... Because uh, I think I always say, well, and you say, okay. You quite often so say, so. You. So, Which do is, I. I think okay. it's more more definitive, you know. It's more it's more confident. Mm. I need to add right, more right. of your confidence. I need to say, mm. right, Kieran, mm. right. I mean, yeah, okay, it can be pretty... I feel like that can be pretty decisive. Is it, though? Okay. Or is it just... And maybe, okay. it's, maybe it's about how you say it. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Right. That's true. If you say it and like <laughs> clap your hands together, okay, we're doing this thing. Uh, sorry, that got really intense there. I didn't mm. mean for that to happen. Okay, Michael, we are, we're doing <laughs> the top three next. What is our top three today? We changed the format a bit a couple of weeks ago, which is very exciting and it's very fun. Uh, is this another one of those or are you mixing things up again? Yeah, so I think I'm going to stick with this new format for the rest of the New Testament. Uh, we used to rank three words that are in the Bible by the number of times they appear. Now, I'm doing pairs of opposite words. So I'm going to give Kieran a pair of opposite words, and he has to guess which of them is uh, in more verses of the New International Version of the Bible. So, for example, your first pair for the day, Kieran, is East versus West. So, does (laughs) East appear in more verses in the Bible, or does West appear in more verses in the Bible? That is your job. Ah, oh, that is a tricky one, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel I feel like my hunch is there are more references to the East, mm-hmm. um, because of uh, perhaps Old Testament passages talking about uh, forces coming from from the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, they seem to come from the East more than the West in my mind. Yeah, uh, but I might be thinking of Lord of the Rings, uh, <laughs> but but you know, so I'm gonna gonna go out on a limb and say the East beats West. All right. East is also where the sun rises, right? Mm, so I feel yeah. like that has some significance in in scripture. But again, how much it's referenced that it rises in the East, I, I don't actually know. But I'm going with East. All right, let's take a look and see. Hey, Yay! You're correct, sir. East. Uh, is in 180 verses, and West is only on in 94 verses of the Bible. Wow. So, yeah, definitely, definitively, mm-hmm. East is is more than West, I guess, because uh, Israel is on the uh, 
is on the westernmost coast of a peninsula. I don't know if that's the right mm. geography word. Sorry, geography people yeah, yeah. who know things. Um, but basically to the west of Jerusalem is water. Uh, so water. Yeah. Water. Um, water. The next pair is early versus late, Kieran. <laughs> which is in more verses of the Bible. Early or late? Well, there are quite a few early in the mornings. Well, mm. there's, oh, well there's definitely one. <laughs> there's maybe one in each gospel. So that's four. Mm-hmm. So now let me try and find all the others. Uh, <laughs> Get comfortable, everyone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then, you know, late, late in the day, mm. uh, too late. There's mm-hmm. these phrases that I, I think come up in Scripture a bit, at least. Those are things people say. Yeah, these are things people say. They probably got them from the Bible. Uh, you know, who knows? Um, I am going to say it's late. Okay, let's take a look and see if you're right. Oh, I knew it was early, Michael. I knew it was early. Then why did, why did I that? pick the wrong one when I knew the right answer? Because your heart always wants to be late. <laughs> yes, that's how I live my life. Kieran, just so you know, listeners, Kieran is always 15 minutes late for everything, uh, at least. Although, ironically, since I had a baby, I've been more uh, more late to recording this podcast on average than he has. But when we used to hang mm. out together, like when we lived in the mm. same place. So it's like not late enough that you can actually be frustrated with him, but just ever so slightly late. Just a little bit late mm. to things. Yeah. 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 Which is, you know, I... there's worse things to be. I suppose so, yeah. The The advantage of the podcast is I don't have to go anywhere to make it, so I'm quite good at being on time for this, yeah. generally. Um, but uh, I will say, if, you, if anyone I work with is listening, I am very rarely late for work. <laughs> that's true, that's true. I am at least on time, if not early. Yeah, for, for social say. occasions. For, for, he's, for he's the sake of my CV. Late, yeah. yeah, yeah. But actually, uh-huh. he's extremely punctual, very responsible, um, <laughs> Etc. Uh, Etc. Et <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I can't get fired from my friendships as easily as from my job. <laughs> yeah, so that's Although, why I don't know. I've had some experiences of that. Um, so, so it's because I it's because I care about you, Michael. It's because uh, I feel so relaxed in mm, our in our friendship mm. that I uh, I don't feel a need to conform to the societal <laughs> expectation that one turns up on time for things. So it's actually a tremendous compliment to you. Yeah, well, uh, I, I feel so. it. I feel it. And and like I say, I mean, of late, I've been more late than you. Anyway, um, early appears in 68 verses in the Bible and late only appears in seven verses in the Bible. Ooh, but there's a ooh. lot of there's a lot of laters, but no, not that many lates. Um, right. Okay, last one is one, one, this is all to play for, which appears mm. in more verses in the Bible, darkness or light, Kieran? <laughs> oh, that's a stumper. I mean, you know, the the... The Christian answer is to say light. Mm, true. Uh, so, and honestly, I'm not sure if I can get any sense in my brain of which one is actually more common. Mm. So I'm going to go with the one that feels more righteous <laughs> and say and say that it's light. <laughs> usually, usually a good, uh, when in doubt, the answer is Jesus. When in doubt, the answer exactly. is the thing closest to Jesus. And in this case, <laughs> you are <Yeah>. correct. <laughs> Darkness appears in 148 verses in the New International Version. Light appears 204 times. 
Mm. So there you go. Uh, so well done. Uh, another win on the top three, Kieran. Nice one. Bible facts. Coming at ya with some Bible facts. Michael and Kieran with some Bible facts. Coming at ya with some Bible facts. Michael and Kieran with some Bible facts. All right, Michael. It's time for our Bible fact. Uh, and this week it comes from the book of Luke. I'm very excited about this. I'm just ge- generally just excited to be into the New Testament, actually. <laughs> generally in a good I'm, mood. I'm buzzing. Yeah, buzzing great. like my cousin. Uh, so, <laughs> Who happens to be quite happy today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So Luke, yeah, let's get into it. So a little bit of background on Luke. Um, Luke's the third synoptic gospel. Synoptic meaning, of course, uh, that they include a lot of the same stories often in a similar sequence or using sometimes similar or identical wording. Uh, Synoptic comes from the Latin, from the Greek synopsis, as in seeing all together. So yeah, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are often referred to as synoptic gospels. And um, just like with Matthew and Mark, Luke is not named as the author within the book of Luke, although it's been ascribed to Luke since the days of early Christianity. Luke is mentioned in the Bible in the final greetings of Paul's letter to the Colossians. Colossians 4.14 says, Our dear friend Luke, the doctor, and Demas send greetings. Luke was likely a Gentile and not a Jew. And um, it's generally believed that Luke was really aiming to write a proper, full, detailed history of what happened with Jesus. Um, And of course, if you've read Luke or remember much about it, you probably know that Luke says that at the start of the book. He says uh, in Luke 1, 1 to 4, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So yeah, Luke says, I'm doing this to be just a good historian, really. Um, Mm. And it's usually believed that Theophilus might be like a rich Roman guy who's kind of bankrolling Luke to to put together this piece of of literature, uh, almost like an early publishing publisher or something, publishing house. Uh, So yeah, and the Gospel of Luke has, has obviously... A lot of stories, it's really detailed. We discussed in a previous quiz that there's some parables and such things that are only in the book of Luke, um, but also has really strong themes of Jesus' caring for the poor, the marginalized, to coin a common Christian phrase, the least, the last, and the lost. And also that Luke writes for all nations, not necessarily a Jewish uh, readership like Matthew, not necessarily a Roman readership like Mark, but just an everybody readership. Um so yeah, that's a bit of background. But what about a Bible fact about Luke, Kieran? Hmm. Well, it's a rhetorical question because I don't want you to actually answer this because you have answered it before. But my Bible okay. fact about Luke is, who were the 12 disciples? Who hmm. were the 12 disciples? The Gospels are all agreed on the fact that Jesus chose 12 men to be his disciples, to journey with him, to learn from him, to ultimately be commissioned by him in Matthew. But what were their names? The Synoptic Gospels agree on 11 of the 12 names. 
Simon, Peter, Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Thomas, Matthew, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot. But who was the twelfth? Matthew and Mark say Thaddeus. But Luke says Judas, son of James. There's a good chance that Thaddeus was a nickname for Judas, son of James. <laughs> and John, the non synoptic gospel, also mentions Nathaniel, who may have been the same as Bartholomew. But I just think it's a really interesting thing that we learn so much about disciples in the gospels, their personalities, their triumphs, their shortcomings. But at the end of it, we're not even really sure exactly what their names were. And I think that's pretty amazing because whatever you believe about Jesus or Christianity, it remains true that the life of Jesus is arguably the most impactful human life of any person in history. He split the timeline. The Bible is the most widely printed, translated, and read book among human history. 2.6 billion people live their lives based on Jesus' teaching. None of the incredible world-changing things that Christianity has accomplished, many for incredible good, some for not good, for bad, None of them would have happened without these 12 disciples going out and spreading the good news of Jesus Christ as Jesus instructed them to do. But I think it's a very beautiful and poetic and it's congruent with the, with the, with the teachings of the Bible that we don't actually necessarily know with 100% certainty who these guys were. Um, and I think that's pretty interesting, really. And it comes from Luke, that kind of uncertainty on the name of the 12th one comes from Luke, which is why I slipped it into a Bible fact about Luke. <laughs> but yeah, what do you think, Kieran? It turns out the 12th disciple was us the whole time. <laughs> that's, the, that's the twist in the Gospels. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I, I thought of that like two minutes ago. I'm going <laughs> to say it. Waiting, I'm going to say it. <laughs> waiting yeah. for your time to say it. Um, yeah, no, man, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a really cool point. And it's just a really, it's a lovely thought that, um, you know, the the Gospels are so focused on on Jesus um, and, the, and the disciples' lives were so focused on Jesus and on honoring him with their lives that, um, hey, actually, you know, their names being remembered in history uh, is not not that important in one sense. Mm. It is also wonderful that we have all these great stories about the disciples and yeah, their interactions with the Lord and the amazing things they went on to do and all of that. So, mm. you know, uh, props to them for that. But uh, but at the same time, it's wonderful to think that each one of them, you know, would have would have echoed those words, he must become greater, I must become less, mm. you know. John and actually, it's not, about, it's not about me. It's uh, It's about magnifying jesus putting the spotlight on jesus so yeah yeah it's a cool thought yeah absolutely and uh yeah i was thinking the same john three thirty. it really summarizes it up and it shows that the disciples were living that as much as anything because if they had wanted to they could have bigged up their part um, but none of mm. them but they all truly got the the vision and and the truth of 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 jesus life that it's about uh eternal life for all people and uh, that that is the most important part of the message. So it's very cool. Mm. Oh.
find you, Michael and Kieran, you and your Bible facts. Well, that's all we've got time for, folks. It has been a blast, as always. Hey, thanks so much for coming. Um, thanks for taking your shoes off when you arrived. <laughs> I appreciate that. Next uh, time we're so we like to keep though. a clean place. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But no, really, folks, we, we so appreciate all of you listening. Um, it's, it's amazing. And Michael, appreciate you joining me today. So thanks very much. Well, thank you very much. And uh, I'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next time, folks. All right. Have a good one. Goodbye. Bye-bye.